Welcome to On the Brink with Andy Simon. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. As you know, I'm your host and your guide. And my job is to get you off the brink. How many times can I say that? We've got almost 300 podcast publications, and I'm still trying to get you off the brink because it's time for you to see, feel, and think in new ways and soar. So every guest I bring has something to share with you about their own story and also how they're trying to help make it better for others. I'm looking for people who love to share, and I think this is a great day for us. I have Marsha Friedman with me here, and Marsha and I met many years ago. I can't even count how many. My first book came out in 2016, so it was right around then. And I was really interested in having a fantastic public relations firm who could help publicize it. I knew enough about PR, but I also wanted someone who did it in most innovative fashion. And Marsha's model was exactly that. She was a collector. She knew who needed stories and who could provide them. And so together she combined them into such a way as that I got great PR and those journalists got great content from me, right? And she's smiling. Marsha, thanks for joining me today. I'm gonna read her bio so you know why it's important for you to listen to her. But then we're going to listen to Marsha tell her story her way. And I will tell you this as a setup. Marsha was one of the women, the 50 plus women I interviewed for my book. She didn't make a chapter in there, but her story is beautiful and how she's smashing the myths of women in business. She rethought everything and nothing stopped her. So you're going to love it. But here's Marsha. Marsha Friedman, Forbes Books author of Gaining the Publicity Edge, an entrepreneur's guide to growing your brand through national media coverage. It's not quite new, but it's pretty new in the last year. She's a successful entrepreneur and public relations expert with 30 years experience developing publicity strategies for celebrities, corporations, professionals in the field of business, health, and finance. Using the propriety system, she created as founder and president of News and Experts, which is a fantastic public relations firm, an award-winning national public relations agency, as I said. Um, her firm secures thousands of top-tier media placements annually for its clients. The former senior vice president for marketing at the American Economic Council, Masha is a sought-after advisor on PR issues and strategies who shares her knowledge both as a popular speaker around the country and in her Amazon best-selling book, Celebratize Yourself. Masha, thank you for joining me today. This is so much fun. Thanks for having me. I think it is going to be fun. We've got lots of good information to share. So for our audience and our listeners, it's a good time to tell Marsha's story because you're a storyteller and your journey has been full of interesting hurdles of all kinds from all places. So share with you your story and then we'll help them understand how to make a better story for themselves. You know, I think my journey started very early on with my dad. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur, but listen, I'm 74 years old, so I'm going back to being a child of the 60s, right? I was raised, I'm, I'm a Jewish girl from New York City, so there's a certain culture involved with that, right? Um, and my dad always felt very strongly that my brother was the one he was going to send to college because he was the son and he wanted his son, the doctor, to be a doctor. And so fortunately, my brother wanted to be a doctor. It worked. But when I said to my dad, hey, dad, I want to go to college. Um, are you going to help me? Blah, blah. He very clearly said, no, sweetheart, your job is not to go to college. Your job is to find a rich husband, get married and have lots of children. 
<laughs> and you know, Andrew, when I look back at it, I, I think that that was the inspiration that really helped me launch things. I was so upset with him at that time. But many years later, I realized, thank you, Dad. That was the best thing you could do for me because I didn't go to college. I knew he wasn't going to do anything to support me. And if you remember at that time, you know, when you're 18, you finish high school or college, you're out the door. Parents aren't enabling their kids, supporting them and letting them live at home and all that. It was a very different time. So I graduated high school and immediately went on an interview. That Friday, I graduated Monday, I was looking at uh, calling <laughs> jobs for interviews in Manhattan, got a job right away and started on my own, you know, working as that uh, working girl. I had no skills. I was a file clerk, I think, to start. But I had to make it on my own. And that was the big lesson that I learned. I learned early on, if anything was going to happen in my life that was positive, it was going to be up to me. It wasn't anything else, you know. So, you know, I had a bunch of different jobs, kind of figured out what I enjoyed doing, what I was good at doing. And um, but I always knew at the end of the day, no matter what job or what kind of company or industry, I wanted to be on my own. I, I had I knew I was an entrepreneur at heart, kind of like my dad. And my first entrepreneurial experience, not to bore the audience, <laughs> but I kind of went through all this. You know, I opened up a coffee house, Greenwich Village style on Venice Beach, California. Um, <laughs> I was 21 years old, open stage, serving coffee, borrowed a thousand dollars from my dad. I It took forever for me to even get up the nerve to ask him, but it was a great success. And within a month, I was able to send him back the thousand dollars. He was very proud of me. But that's all the help I ever got from them financially. But anyway, that was my first experience. And as I moved along on my career path growing up, I realized I needed, I didn't like working for other people. I wanted to do things on my own. And so I wound up, you know, it was strange. I wound up in the PR world, not because, again, I didn't go to college and not because I had, I didn't even know what PR was. I didn't know how to write a press release. I had the good fortune of a dear friend um, asking me, he knew that I was just moved to Florida and asked me if I would be willing to book some radio interviews for him. And I had a lot of good associates in the financial world. He said he would pay me for every interview that I booked. And so honestly, Andy, that is what launched my career. Catalytic moment. <laughs> it was, you know, but, but, you know, the other good thing to it was um, I was at for the challenge. Look, I needed to earn a living. I, you know, I had just moved to Florida. Um, things didn't work out really well here. Um, and so I had actually gotten a job before I moved here. Um, but the company closed down like two or three months after I got here. So I was on my own having to figure out what I was going to do. Husband and I were out there just hustling to make money. So when he offered that, I said, absolutely, let me do it. Let me figure it out. Again, I had no idea how to write a press release. I had no computer. I had no database. But, you know, you, you make it go right. You figure if there's a need, you kind of live up to that demand. And that really has been the basis of how I've lived my life and made it successful. Raising four kids, having a success. You know, I'm going to be married 48 years 
um, and just sold my business after 30 years, which frankly funded my retirement. So, you know, how did I get here? It was never anything I planned. Probably like you, you went to college, you knew what you loved, you knew where you wanted to go. For me, it was all a matter of, I've got to survive. I want nice things. I have to make a good living. I'll get to it. You know, it's interesting listening to you. I'm writing an article for Thrive Global on the five things that women founders ought to know. Sort of timely. But you're telling us a lot of things that are important for a founder of a company to know. And as you're thinking back, you had a, um, a, a market creator mindset. You weren't going to duplicate since you hadn't grown up in PR and you didn't have any training in how you do it. You figured out problem, solution, unmet needs, how to solve them. Talk a little bit, because I think it's important for the listener to hear from your own voice. How did you figure that out? What did you do to build news and experts into the kind of company that succeeded? Because there are about 1,300 new women-owned businesses opened every day and almost the same number closing. The, the scalability is not good. You had to borrow $1,000 from your father for your little Venice coffee shop. Well, I tell you, many women don't have $1,000 from their parents. You know, they're, they're, they're not exactly going to family and friends because those aren't the folks who are going to fund them. Um, but there are 13 million women-owned business today, and 10 million are solopreneurs, and 5 million of those aren't making $10,000 a year. So your wisdom for all of those wonderful women out there could be very valuable. Share. How did you figure it out? You know, Andy, I think the most basic thing that enabled me was um, the need to survive, but truly the need to make income. And uh, the market I was in, it wasn't a fruitful job market. As a matter of fact, Andy, I answered Annette, I'll never forget this. I had done major, I, I had experience putting on major investment and economic seminars for thousands of people. I was the VP of operations. It was I had tons of experience. When I moved to Florida, I answered an ad at the Chamber of Commerce um, for somebody to organize seminars. And they turned me down because I didn't have a college degree, which <laughs> I thought was ludicrous. I had years of experience, far better than that college degree. So what did, what did I, you know, I think the most important thing is I had a need. I had a really strong need, number one. I knew very clearly in my heart of hearts that I would make it work. I would survive. I would conquer. I would figure it out. I've always felt that at the end of the day, I could do anything to make things go right. I was not going to, I wasn't going to go down. I was going to survive. And so I had a very strong survival instinct, if that makes sense. The other thing I knew is, I, yeah, I understood marketing for some reason. It was very logical to me. It was mathematic. It was numbers. You know, it was testing. What, what are the numbers? What work? What doesn't work? I had some experience in that in one of my jobs. And so I decided that that's something I enjoyed. I loved. It came naturally to me. <laughs> So from a marketing perspective, um, you know, I realized that if I'm going to go out there as a PR agency, I need to have a marketing hook. And I understood that most PR firms charged a monthly retainer. And so when my friend offered the opportunity for me to book radio for him and he'd pay me, the lights I went off. I went, 
I can do this. Let me figure it out. And so I scrambled. I got, I, I, I honestly, I had no money. I borrowed a computer. I went to the library and found press releases. So I knew how to pitch. I just got on the phone and started doing it. I called all of my friends in the financial world, people that I knew, and I offered to do this for them at a very discounted rate. And frankly, those were the things that actually got me going once I started book. And I had my my failures. I'll never forget calling a big national TV show producer. I actually got him on the line. And when I pitched him, he laughed at me and he said, you've obviously never watched my show because if you did, you wouldn't be pitching that to me. It was my biggest embarrassment, but it was how I learned. Wow. Um, it was a memorable moment, wasn't it? <laughs> and totally. you can vividly hear his voice today. We all have those, don't we? Absolutely. But I think it was, you know, when I look back on it and look at all the steps that I took, it was all a learning process. And I wasn't afraid of learning. And I had the need to bring home income. And I knew in the very beginning that every media interview that I booked meant I could take home a paycheck. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there, or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com, and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books, and you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now, back to our podcast. So the hustle was there. It's, it's yes. interesting because you were... I, the the things that you bring here is an astute awareness that I don't have a clue how to do this, but let's figure it out. And I know what I need, which is income. And I know that there's a need. So if I can match this one up with that one, we can create value for everyone. And I loved your value because the client, me, had value. The journalist or the the publication or the TV show had value and you had value and it wasn't in a one versus the other. And you weren't taking money without delivering results. And the promises were always delivered on pretty cool stuff, huh? So good. No, I was going to say that was actually very important to me. I, you know, um, when I decided to go 
into this. I kind of did a little research on other agencies and I just never, I, uh, I felt I had had enough friends in the financial world, many best-selling authors and newsletter writers, and they had, I knew their complaints about working with other PR firms. And I personally knew I would never feel comfortable taking their money just on a monthly retainer and not being able to deliver a service. So that actually was also very important to me. And it always has been, you know, um, you asked what are some of the key principles? And one of them is really the care for my clients um, in terms of, well, in a lot of ways, but the most important thing for me, and I know you will understand this because it's, you're the same way. It's making sure that they're getting the exchange comparable to what they're paying. That's always been a really important thing for me. And if ever a client complained, I would always make sure that I was exchanging in abundance with them far and above what they expected, because it's kind of what I would want done for me. And that was a, another key principle that I think helped a lot in the business. Well, you 30 years into it, uh, you decided to sell it and it paid for your quote unquote retirement. But I have a hunch you're a bit of a purpose-driven person, and there's a bit of mission still here. And you have a book out a year now, and you're beginning to really you know, understand what its implications are. Talk to the audience about you know, why the next phase matters. I'll tell you one thing about this. Uh, Catherine Bates and Margaret Mead's daughter, before she passed away, had a great quote that we've grown to the point where the last 30 years having got a place in our life structure. You know, you talked about college or no college, get a job, get married, have kids, build a business, not build a business, work in corporate, all sort of organized. And then uh, we're never going to retire because I don't know what I would do with myself. I'm having too much fun. I thought retirement is fun. That's what I'm doing. But now we have this next period of time. Now my father lived to 100. I have 30 years to go. Wow. <laughs> and, and so what shall we do to give it meaning and value? And how do we take all of our life experiences and use it in important ways? My books give me some of that. Your book, I suspect, does the same. Well, what's hot on your mind these days? Do you know, I'm still working through that, to be very honest with you, because I have that... Um, I, I know that I have a lot of valuable information that I can share with entrepreneurs, with women, with mothers, with grandparents. I mean, I have all that experience that, and somehow I've come through it all on the other side, going through all the rough times, coming through winning. And, but the truth of the matter, <laughs> I've never had time to focus on Marsha. I've never had that time. You know, raising four kids and marriage and travel and the business. So I'm really honestly focusing right now on me. I'll probably start writing, but more on a more about personal stories that I can share with other women mostly um, and see if that will be of value. But that's kind of it's almost more of a spiritual journey at this point yes. than anything is. Um, don't diminish that because the spirit, the purpose uh, shares our experiences with others. You know, as I wrote my book, it was about how can I provide role models for other women 
to see what other women were doing so they could become as well. One of the reviewers of the book gave it a five star and said, I finally have a book I can give to my 13-year-old daughter, a minority, so she can see what women can actually be. And Marianne Edelman, a long time ago, said, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And so consequently, we play multiple roles, whether we want to or not. We're seen as being accomplished and having gone through and busted a lot of hurdles. And they weren't all glass ceilings. Sometimes they were financial hurdles or sometimes they were business growth hurdles or sometimes I don't know what I'm doing hurdle. And, and somehow we were able, and I, like you, I've been married for 53 years. So we have been together a long time sharing our journey and our joy. And it makes a big difference, as with our family. So it's a good time for women, as you're looking for your role models, to look at a Marsha, perhaps myself, but others like us who have figured out how to figure it out. Because I think at the end of the day, that's really all we've done is figure out how to figure it out, right? No, it's so true. And, you know, we were, I think we were both brought up with the idea of um, youth, you know, with a very strong work ethic, with a very strong demand for having a purpose-filled life. And also, I think we were brought up with the mindset that you've got to win at things that you do. And, you know, I just read a great quote by Kurt Vonnegut that said he learned at a very early age that it isn't necessarily about winning. That's how we were raised to have that focus. It's not all about winning. It's more about enjoying the journey. You don't have to be the best at something. But the fact that you do, you know, you raise kids, you have a family, you have all these different adventures. The fact that you're doing those things and enjoying it, I think is really more valuable than the whole idea of winning. And I'm kind of looking at things more from that perspective. And also, I had a a wonderful client a few years ago who said to me um, something that has always stuck with me because going, my background has been, you've got to have a purpose. You've got to be very, no matter every day, you've got to be doing something that's on a purpose. That's been my drive for so many years. And I, this friend um, actually was a client who said to me that a very wise rabbi once told him that your purpose in life is to grow your soul. I went, oh my God, that's a whole different perspective. So if I'm doing anything this next phase, Andy, (laughs) it may be more focused on growing my soul. Isn't that beautiful? But I like both of your quotes because Kurt Vonnegut is right. It's not arriving, it's the journey. And, And I often think that women have a different perspective on that journey. It's not about the profit. It's not about the achievement. It's about how, what, what do we do in the process of achieving? You know, who do we bring along? How do we share and collaborate? At least the women who I've been researching for leadership and how women are changing leadership don't talk about arriving or the profits of the company. Um, they talk about growing the people in the business. And they grow about how they can provide an environment for them to thrive and their clients. I mean, they just talk. The language is of a, of a yeah, of, a, of a, a, somebody who's a farmer who's nourishing the earth to grow it. Less of a hunter who's out there, you know, hunting all the stray game. Uh, women are really 
trying to cultivate uh, businesses and society where we can all be good together instead of all beat each other up and win. So it's a very interesting time. I also think, though, that the place of media has changed. And, and I don't want to stop our conversation without at least reflecting a little bit about that, because you didn't know public relations at the beginning, but you knew somebody had a story and you wanted someone else to tell it. Um, where are we now in this new world of public relations? Does it still have a public relations part to it? Is it more communications? Is it social? You know, somebody said to me, you know, I saw a guy who I, um, I, I saw a woman who had 150,000 followers on Instagram and she's an influencer. What does she know to influence all these people? <laughs> What's her credential and why are they following her? I didn't say, well, think of dictatorships. I mean, they do the same. Demagogues do the same. Um, what are your thoughts on the world that we're in for communicating who we are and what we do? You know, I think that um, through all these years, the most important result that I've seen from my clients, the value is the credibility that it gives for being quoted in national publications or interviewed on a top podcast or radio or TV. That's more, it's not so much that the, the content of that interview is going to be so rewarding and people are going to follow you because of that, because they may not even see it because today the media goes so fast it's more how you leverage it. And I think that that's still very valuable. You know, that association with being quoted as an authority in these in the media today is critical. But, you know, it's funny. The, the other, the key, I think, to it all, even with these influencers, is they've tapped into whatever, they've tapped into what they have that they can share that people need to want and hear. And that's what makes it work. But, you know, Andy, it's funny because... You know, in the beginning, you mentioned that, you know, I may have had relationships or I knew how to match people up. That's true. The very basic of it all was understanding that the media wanted to grow their audience just like you would or I would, and just like any other business. And so they were always tapping into what's going to keep my listener listening, my viewer viewing, my reader reading, what are the things that interest them, and then tapping into that. And that's really where I think I may have turned things around or turned PR on its side in the media world, in the PR world, because, you know, other PR agencies were more interested in getting that monthly retainer and sending out a press release about the companies, their clients, new business or new VP or whatever. That's not what the media needs or wants, or they're not going to engage on that. They're going to engage then now, social media, traditional media in what information that you have that you can share that's going to keep my audience tuned in because that's how I'm going to monetize my business. Yep. It's the same. Well, on that note, which is just a brilliant reflection on the common problem that we're all solving, which is we need to get our story credentialed and out there. And all of that media, social media needs to build people who are listening and watching and have a need and a desire. It's sort of an interesting bonding glue. Sounds like the glue that holds us all together, isn't it? Yeah, very much. A couple of things you don't want our listeners to forget, because often the ending is what they remember better than the beginning. One, two, three things that you want to share as our ending thoughts. 
You know, I, I once read an article called, um, I, I don't even remember, but it had the, these things that I call the five C's. And I think that, you know, for building any successful business or even any relationship, whether it's business or family, I think the most important things really are caring, the caring that you give your employees, the caring that you give your clients, the caring you give yourself, caring, I think is one of the most important um, principles that you can live by and also courage. I think courage is critical. You know, you have to have the courage to believe in yourself and to believe that you can do things and you can make things happen no matter what what obstacles that you encourage. And, and maybe the third thing is confidence. Confidence that you can do it. Confidence that you're worthy of achieving your goals and having dreams and achieving them. Those three things really stand out to me as principles that guided me through my business and frankly you know a happy marriage and kids that's right and I always go back to the launch pad where you wanted to go to college and isn't it good you didn't (laughs) out of that catalytic moment you figured out the courage the caring and the confidence to become who you wanted to be and in many ways it's been a gift to you because you've shared it with so many others including myself thank you for joining me today let me say goodbye to our listeners and our viewers We've had Marsha Friedman with us today, and Marsha is just a brilliant woman who's built news and experts, a fantastic public relations firm, but she's also on a journey to find her own um, way to build her soul and spirit now. And I do think that sharing her story has been that kind of inspiration that we look for to help you get off the brink, because so many of our listeners and viewers are just like us, trying to figure out how do we grow our business, ourselves, and, and really become the kind of people we want to be. The question is, what kind do you want to be? And do you have the confidence and the courage and the caring to make it happen? Thanks, Marsha. It's been fun. Thanks for having me, Andy. For you, who all of you out there, don't forget info at andysimon.com is where you can reach us. We love your suggestions. You come from across the globe, which is so exciting. My books are all on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and your local booksellers. Go take a look. There's one there waiting for you, I'm sure. And if you want it signed, just let me know and I'll sign one and send it along. Bye-bye now. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Stay well.